Blog Talk Radio.
Did it again, Brother Steve. <laughs> Anyways, so you guys go check us out at WarriorRadioBroadcastNetwork.com for all the information. Um, also, brothers and sisters, we do have a couple great uh, ministering opportunities out here in South Dakota. If you guys uh, would like to volunteer your time, please contact us at Warrior Radio Broadcast Network. Go there. Go to the contact information and send us an email if you guys want to find out more about volunteer opportunities out here on the First Nations uh, Reservation. We need some information for your guys. So, yeah, this is a free event. You guys won't be paid, but you'd be expected to um, provide your own funding while you're out here. Um, we're looking for individuals that are willing and great asset to the ministry and also be willing to help and minister to the youth. Ages, basically. The ages are going to be from 6 all the way up to ages 20, 6 to 20. So it's a big age group. So if you guys are comfortable with that, I want you guys to go out to our website, warriorradiobroadcastnetwork.com. Go check out the About section or Contact section and email us. Amen. So, um, also, brothers and sisters, basically, um, I think that's just about it for right now. These are all the information or announcements I kind of got for your guys' ears, um, so praise God. Well, listen, um, so without further ado, I want to bring on our very special guest, brother in the Lord, um, not only brother, minister, brother Steve Fraze. How you doing, brother? Hey, I'm good. <laughs> brother Curtis. <laughs> You know what? Maybe you didn't realize, but I didn't hear anything of what you said because yeah. there was no there was no sound coming through. I I muted I muted myself again. Like I I don't know, man. I'm losing touch. The last last time I was on, we muted ourselves, and I forgot to remove remove that broadcast. Um, and then this time I looked up and I was like, dude. So, anyways, brother Steve, I was talking about Pringle. Um, uh, the gathering out there in Custer, South Dakota, June 23rd and 24th, I do believe. So that's what I was giving out the information on. So everybody on MixLR basically got it, but <laughs> no one on Blog Talk got it. So, yeah, that was uh, my bad. Okay, well, as long as it wasn't my equipment, because you know what I did? I ran upstairs quick, got my cell phone, and said, guys, I've got no sound. But anyway, I guess oh. we're okay. I guess we're okay. Yeah, um, and besides, if you were to email me anyways or, or text me, I can't. I got no service in this big tin building. Um, I'm telling you, you want a Faraday cage, brother? We're in a Faraday cage. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Well, okay, but obviously you got an internet signal of some kind, so maybe it's not wireless. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Okay, so we're so we're uh, so the weather is good and the Lord is good and. And we are we're we're moving along, right? We're all in. We're all taking our steps one at a time, right? Are we? Is yeah. is that is that a good place to start tonight? You know, uh, I don't know if you actually got the title up, but the title for tonight was "Taking of the Accursed Thing" or "Taking the Accursed Thing," and uh, you know, it's 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 an interesting thing how some of 
how some of these thoughts develop sometimes. And, and uh, so I'm sitting there on, on Sunday, day before yesterday, and I'm, I'm sitting on the deck and I said to Paul, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm just not sure what, what the Lord would have me talk about this week. And so she says, well, don't worry about it. She says, just wing it when you get there. And so I thought, well, okay, maybe I can do that. But I always feel like I'm not giving, it's like I'm not doing diligence to it, okay? And that, and so, so I guess maybe that's just something that I got to get over because sometimes the Spirit wants to do what the Spirit wants to do. Well, actually, He always wants to. I should put that, that in its own right perspective. But, but I don't like to be ill prepared, right? And so, I had, I had heard, I had heard somebody comment on, on uh, an Old Testament account, and I, I, we were just, we just started to talk about it, and it was such a small thing, and all of a sudden there's so much stuff that comes out of it when we were talking about it. I thought, oh man, I guess I can, I guess we can, we can work on this for quite a while because frankly, what, what we talk about tonight can, there's a whole lot more than, than one program's worth of information, and hopefully I can get, I can get most of, most of the highlights at least of what I'm what my what my thoughts were um down tonight. So so if we're ready to go, how about we pray and then we go. Amen, brother. Well the mic is all yours. Hey listen man, I totally understand about not really having like kind of things, notes and just kinda of going how the Lord does it. Because you know what? God bless notes. God bless it. But there's things that might arise in our very new future that we're we can't just pull out a deck of you know, like a pack of notes yeah. and just say, hold on, I got an answer for that. Just let me find it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and, and, and yeah, we're not going to be, we won't necessarily be walking around with our big KJV Bibles and things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So with that being said, brother, the mic is all yours. Okay. So Heavenly Father, we thank you again for today and we thank you for loving us and we thank you for who you are. We thank you that your name is holy. And Lord, I think just, I think for a moment of, of who you are and who you are in your perfection. And, you know, as we, Lord, as we think of where our world stands today and so much negative and so much darkness, and, and we've heard recently of specific examples of where people have been controlled by the dark side and the horrific things that happen. And Lord, yet when I think of you and who you are and your goodness, it makes me understand a little bit more how little we know you and how good you truly are to us and how good you have designed our lives to be and eternity with you. Lord, there is nothing that will match you There is nothing that is going to match the time that we spend with you in eternity. And Father, for that we thank you. Lord, we know that you did not have to come to redeem man, but you did because you loved us and you had made us in your own image. And so, Father, we praise you and honor you and glorify you for that. Lord, we breathe because of you. Our hearts beat because of you. And Lord, tonight as we spend time together in your word, 
and just and just talking about who we are in our relationship with you. I ask you, Lord, that you be with every aspect of what is said, that your spirit would come through. And Lord, that someone's heart, someone's soul, someone's spirit would be touched in a positive way so that it would impact in eternity. Lord, we will be careful to give you all of the praise and honor and glory for it. For it's in the name of your precious son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen and amen. And okay, so, yeah, we're talking about taking the accursed thing. But where we want to start is probably in a little different place, but, but we'll progress into this, this whole thing. And where I want us to begin tonight is in the book of Joshua. So if, if you have a Bible, whoever's listening tonight or by archive, um, I, I urge you to grab the Bible and get to the book of Joshua. It's right near the front of the Old Testament. And and as we read, I, I encourage you to just come along and, and read along and, and just feel what is what is coming off of the pages and understand what it is that the Lord is trying to tell us tonight. Um, you know, as we begin the book of Joshua, Moses Moses is just leaving the scene. Moses Moses dies. And Joshua is given the leadership of the children of Israel. And, and I want us to start in Joshua chapter 1 and, and, and in verse 1 and read the first few verses. And it says here, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Josh, Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given you, as I said unto Moses. Now, I guess the first, the first point I'm going to make here is that the Lord said that to Joshua and to the children of Israel. But, brothers and sisters, we are all adopted into the, the family of the Lord, and and with that, uh, we have become joint heirs with Jesus Christ in a Jewish nature. We are not necessarily Jewish by blood, but we are we become Jewish by adoption in the Spirit. And so, when the Lord says, "Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses," He has given that to us as His children when we are living in His in His in in faith with him and as he would have us. And so so brothers and sisters that in itself is important. Now, most of us are going to recall how Joshua came came to power. Uh there were 12 spies that went into the land of Canaan early when the when the Israelites left Egypt and they sought out the land and they talked about the grapes and and the fruit and the vegetables and and the abundance of the land but then they also looked at <coughs> excuse me they looked at the people and the people of that day were actually giants and and in modern vernacular we would call them nephilim because they were their dna had been tainted by fallen angels and and so that's that's a rabbit trail that that some people would go down but i'm i'm not going to spend much time there but but what happened is 
most of us know these 12 spies came back and 10 of them had given a very bad report of of the the danger of going into the land because of these giants and yet Joshua and Caleb came back and said, "Oh, the land is ours. It's it's ours for the taking because the father had told them that it was that it was theirs to take." And so because there was all of this doubt, it forced the Israelites to walk in the desert for 40 years and and what happened was that no man over 40 years old was allowed to go into the promised land. So so Moses was the last of those that that had to pass away, that had to go. And even though Moses didn't doubt what the father had had told him about the land of Canaan, uh, there were other issues that had occurred that kept him from going into into the land. But so here comes Joshua. He's the next generation. <clears throat> he's he's kind of like Curtis. He's kind of like you and Haley and Evan and Christine and 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 uh, Kalen and Carly and 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 Brenda and all of the other young people of today who have this vinegar and are ready to go and are looking for. Uh, a land to take in victory. And here's Joshua. He's ready to go. And the interesting thing here is as we get into the first chapter of Joshua, if you, if you look at verse 6, the, the Lord says to him, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide an inheritance, the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Verse 7 says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. And, and as, as you go down this chapter, um, he says several times, Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. And so as, as Joshua comes into the place of authority that the Father has given him, the Father is telling him, Keep your eyes fixed. Go straight ahead. Keep going. You know, um, you know. We look at we look at at this account, and really we realize that if Joshua would have run out of faith right there, the Israelites wouldn't even have gotten across the Jordan River. Now, here here is the here's another part of this story. Now, I'm not sure if I have the reference right, but. Uh, how many of us realize that there were two riverbed crossings or two water-bound crossings that the Israelites had to make in their history? Because the Red Sea is a very, very common account. Uh, Charlton Heston was one of the main portrayers in, in the, uh, the movie called The Ten Commandments. And for many of you who are younger, you, you may not have seen it. Uh, there, I don't know that there's been a remake. But... But the other time was when when Moses passes away and the Lord tells Joshua, okay, now get across the Jordan River and and take this land, okay? And so obviously Moses and the Red Sea crossing was one, but the one where Joshua and the Israelites crossed the River Jordan to take the land promised to them was the other one. And I'm not sure how many of us really take have taken account of that and realized what happened there. And so I want to I want us to go over that in Joshua chapter 3 verses 9 to 17. Joshua chapter 3 verse 9 says and Joshua said unto the children of Israel, "Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. 
And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes before you into Jordan. Now, therefore, take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, but that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon an heap. And it came to pass when the people removed their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they that bear the Ark were come unto Jordan and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water for Jordan overflows all his banks all the time of harvest that the water which came down from above stood, rose up upon a heap very far from the city of Adam or pardon me, from the city Adam, that is beside Zeratan, and there and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. And so, you know, the, the, the simple beginning to this thing is that here's Joshua, and the Lord's telling him, you're going to cross over the Jordan. Now, Joshua had been through the first crossing, but he was not the person that was, was holding the reins, so to speak, when, when Moses orchestrated or Moses obeyed the Lord and they walked through the Red Sea. Here now, it's, it's Joshua's turn, and, and he's told what to do. And the interesting thing here is that these priests, the soles of their feet physically had to touch the water before the Lord moved it away. So you want to talk about a miracle before your eyes? Talk about faith in believing what the Father said because, because you're not going to see the evidence until you move and put that foot in the water. Now, so as we... As we go on here, we move a couple of chapters forward to the overthrow of Jericho. And the account of the spies who are hidden by Rahab. I'm not, I'm not reading all of this, but brothers and sisters, Curtis, I want, I want us to think about this. Because you recall that, that as they, they come across the Jordan and they are preparing to attack Jericho or they're, or they're mounting uh, a strategy, Joshua sends two spies to Jericho. And the interesting thing here that that I kind of caught on to is that when Moses sent out the spies the first time, he sent 12 spies. Okay, so basically like one from every tribe. When they came back, 10 of them had a negative evil report. Two of them didn't. And, And so I'm questioning in my mind, so when Joshua sent spies out, did he say, remember what happened 40 years ago? And so I'm only going to send out two guys. Now, that, that, that may be speculation, but what happens here is that, that they're hidden by Rahab and they're told how to go about eluding capture. And it's interesting that they use, the Lord uses a harlot or a prostitute to tell the spies how long to hide just to be able to get away from those who were trying to find them. 
You know, when we when we sometimes we'll stereotype people or groups um, or trades. Is it possible that in her trade there were those who would actually tell her things which gave her knowledge to help the spies? Now we're not we don't condone we don't condone the sin of harlotry or prostitution, right? But the Lord can use any situation, and we've talked about this many times. The Lord can use really negative, dark situations and turn them to to use them however he sees fit. And when I read this account, I totally believe that she had influence with the men in the city. And she had an idea of how the the government of the city would search for these men if they knew they were there. So I guess one of the one of the questions I put down here is, are we really better than a prostitute or a drug user or an abusive person? When when it comes to those outward things, it's so easy to to look and make an outward judgment. And yet the Lord can use anyone in any situation. And so I'm going to say it is not likely that we are better than anyone who, to whom we would look down our noses at. And so, so here in chapter 6, as we get into chapter 6, the Israelites defeat the city. They defeat Jericho. And most of us know about the, how they walked around the city six, six days in a row and, and, and then on the seventh day, they, they blew their trumpets and they made, they made noise and they defeated the city of, of Jericho. And so uh, Joshua chapter 6, verse 16 says, And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And the city shall be accursed, even it and all they that are therein, to the Lord only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all they that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take of the accursed thing, and make the camp of Israel accurse and trouble it. Um, and here, I guess probably what I should do is continue to read a couple more verses verse 19 but all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the lord and they shall come into the treasury of the lord so the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so so that the people went up into the city every man straight before him and they took the city and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep, and ass with the edge of the sword. And so here, brothers and sisters, we hear how they dis- defeated the city of, Jerus- of, of Jericho. And so they, they destroy it with clear instructions on not touching or taking anything that was accursed to them. I guess we can't say that they were not allowed to touch it because... The, the gold and the silver and the vessels of brass and iron, they were consecrated to the Lord. So they were taken, but they were given, they were given up to the Lord as, as an offering, right? They were consecrated. So what a huge victory this was for Joshua and the children of Israel. They honored their agreement with Rahab and they spared her and her family. So 
can we can we relate this to our relationship with a father? Do we come across battles and challenges that must be overcome? And I'm going to say, of course, we all do. We we know we do. If if we're if we say we don't, we're we're fooling ourselves, or or we're living on the wrong side of the tracks. So can we see the Lord clearly enough to move forward and overcome the evil that needs to be defeated? That is the question. Many times. We we look at we look at a challenge that we have um, a, a battle um, uh, a cloud of darkness that that is trying to envelop us and and we look at it and we we seek the Lord for help and we ask Him and He gives us guidance. So at those times, are we truly able to allow the Lord to fight on our behalf? And this takes faith. You know, we're, we watch him perform the miracle that we don't have the power to overcome on our own. Just think of these, of these Israelites walking around this walled city, stone-walled city, and they just walk around it. And all they do is, is make noise and blow horns, and, and this, the walls fall down. Now, there, I'm sure there are scientific reasons that someone has come up with that has caused... Yeah, okay, well, it fell down because of this and that and the other thing, and it wasn't really a miracle. And But, brothers and sisters, it flat out was a miracle. You agree, Curtis? Amen, brother, it was. Yeah, yeah it was. And so, when... Go ahead. Did you have something to say, Curtis? Well, I was just saying, you know, with the walls of Jericho, and, you know, um, this is something that, you know, was kind of on my heart because, you know, some things that we were watching actually had to do with the shofar and uh, the 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 shofar that was actually there in Jericho. Um, and I'll spare you guys the details for the sake of, uh, you know, time. But um, basically what was interesting about this was, you know, imagine this, Bryce. I, I mean, Brother Steve, you own a shofar, right? I mean, I yep. own a shofar. Yep. Imagine hmm. that 300 of these things broke down a stronghold, not just any type of stronghold, but I think it was both in the natural and the spiritual stronghold as well. Something mm. that had so much force behind it from the obedience of just a few um, that was able to bring down a mighty fortress, a mighty mighty stronghold in that area. And, yeah. you know, what I just kind of want to throw on this is about the accursed thing. You know, um, the things that are accursed, the things that might seem are strongholds in our lives. Um, you know, the Father has given us tools to overcome these things. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're right there in front of us. I don't care if it's if you have faith in a shofar or faith in a trumpet or faith in, you know, what it is you have faith in. But the Father has given us these tools to break the curses over our lives, to break, to punch in, to, and to just plow through the things that we can't. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, you saying that, Curtis, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't reference the verses, but but further back where Rahab is 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 hiding the two spies, she actually tells them that when when the people of the land had heard about the children of Israel and, and the God of Israel and what he had done to bring the Israelites, first of all, out of Egypt and then into Canaan, it says that their hearts melted. They were scared. They had lost all, they lost all faith that there was any hope for them. And, and you know, it, to me, it, it kind of 
it kind of rings into what you're talking about, breaking down those strongholds. And, and it was just the presence of God with the children of Israel that caused these people to, to tremble and realize that, that they probably didn't have much of a future or much recourse to stand in front of a, of a creator God who, who, who is obviously omnipotent, right? And so, so as we go here, we get into chapter 7, verse 1, and this is where I really want us to, 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 to dig in a little bit. So here, verse, chapter 7, verse 1 says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Okay, and verse two says, And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country, and the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but a few. And so they come to Ai and, and realize that when Achan sinned, it was applied to those around him as well. And I'm, I'm going to say here that when, part, when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. And it also makes me makes me question, makes me think of how we remit the sins of those around us. Because, brothers and sisters, none of us are perfect. But the Father has told us that we are to pray for one another. And we are to bind up the wounds of our brothers and sisters. And, and, and what, does, what does the Word say? What does the Scripture say? that the the sins that you remit will be remitted unto others and those that are retained will be retained in heaven. And so brothers and sisters, when you sin, you are not alone because there's someone else that is going to be impacted by the sin. So here the spies go and they check the city and they tell Joshua he only needs to send several thousand soldiers. They have been deceived because of the success of Jericho. Not so much because of the success of Jericho, but they don't realize that there has been a breach in their armor. Are we careful not to make assumptions as we ponder and make decisions based on the Father's information to us? Brothers and sisters, it is important for us to go back and make sure of our place when, you know, it makes me think of Proverbs where it talks about a man being surety for another man. When, when you become, um, uh, let's say, a co-signer or someone who is going to um, stand up for someone else, it says be careful and make sure your position when you do that because you're putting yourself into a, a dangerous place. And so, brothers and sisters, that to me means that we need to be very careful that when we believe that we've heard something from the Lord, we need to make sure that we are trying the spirits and making sure that it's coming from the right place. You know, AI was considered small, 
But when it was finally destroyed, there were some 12,000 people in that city that lost their lives. And so here the Israelites were going to send two or 3,000 men to destroy a city of 12,000. And so in the meantime, what's occurred? What's happened? The people have, have, you know, okay, so here these men go to AI and, and they, they get defeated. Joshua chapter 7, verses 5 and 6. And the men of Ai smote them, smote of them about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate, even unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down. Wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord, even until the eventide. He and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads, And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what what shall I say when when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? And in verse 10, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou upon thy face? Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. And so here, Joshua didn't realize that someone had sinned. But the first verse of chapter 7 tells you that when Achan sinned, that sin covered the whole batch of the children of Israel. And so in verse 10, the Lord says, get up and fix this. And so through a course of events, Achan is found and the stolen and the cursed things are revealed. And it's interesting because as we were talking about this the other day, um, one of the things that was taken was a Babylonian gar- garment. Um, let me just see if I can quickly find this. Uh, Okay, verse 21, when I saw among the spoils, this is Achan talking now, when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. It is interesting when you start to do a bit of a study, because interesting that that Achan is in... Jericho, and he sees a Babylonish garment. So what does Babylonish mean? That means means Babylon, right? What does Babylon mean to most of us believers today? Babylon is the world. It's, it's like the great whore. And so here, Achan steals a Babylonian garment. And this is something that would cover him. And it's like it's, like it's signifying that he will be covered in in an earthly garment and it is it's like a deception and here it was taken from Jericho and yet it was from Babylon is this a picture of the world absolutely there's no question this garment is a covering so it could be considered a deceptive cover for Achan you know he had stolen but his sin had cost the children of Israel their strength and faith in God remember how we just read that the people's hearts failed them, they melted, 
wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. So because of that failure, the, the loss of those 36 men, the people had lost complete faith just like that. And not only that, here Achan had, had also cost the children of Israel 36 men, which, which obviously had families. So the pain and suffering that, that came because of his selfish desires will have been, well, it, 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 was, it was in multiples. Because it, when we sin, we, ne- we never sin unto ourselves. So then you look, you look at a wedge of gold which weighs 50 shekels. It's not a huge amount of, of gold. But I think we can assume that gold is a picture of the wealth and selfishness of the world. Not only that, the 200 shekels of silver, I was looking at references to, the, to that in the Bible. And there's a reference, there's another reference in the Bible where it was used by a man whose name was Micah. And his mom actually took 200 shekels of silver and melted them down to make an idol, which Micah worshipped. And so the other parallel to 200 shekels of silver appears to come in as the insufficiency of what money is. That is that's that's another meaning of what of what these 200 shekels of silver meant. And so it's interesting how he took these three things and and they appeared to be something that everyone wants in their humanity. And yet it is it is an obvious picture of how it was so easy to, for him to be left wanting and and being short of what he needed what he needed to to be honest and to live like the rest of the children of Israel. And so when I when I look when I look at what this account is is talking about, I see how Joshua first of all experienced victory in having the faith to have his people walk through on dry land through water. And then they go and check Jericho and they say, this is what we're going to do. The Lord has told us to do this and we will obey. And they go and do it. They obey. They are in faith and they are riding high. They are on the tip of that wave. And suddenly something happens and all faith is lost. And there are people that die. And then AI is finally defeated. But what I saw in this thing when I was thinking about this was that here we can have these huge victories in our life, things that are very obvious and on the surface, and, and, we, and we, feel, we feel good because there's been, a mo- there's been movement in our life and we've seen the hand of the Lord work on our behalf. And yet we get to a point where there is there are these small things that you think won't matter how many israelites were there there will have been there 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 will have been multiple hundreds of thousands of israelites and one man steals a little bit just a few small things and the whole the whole family suffers because of it. And so how does that apply to us as God's children? 
we can have small things in our lives that we might think, oh, they're not important, or the Lord doesn't see this. The Lord is winking at it. He's, he's, he's going to look the other way, and it won't be important. But you know what? He doesn't. Because in the end, the Father will always have his way. And he will twist, and he will turn us, and he will, he will affect our paths and those that we come across until the time that he eventually has us where he needs us to be. Brothers and sisters, our Father, our father is, is, is a righteous God. He wants only our best. And, and so when we hold on to small things, when we just grab that small thing that we just won't let go of, we must understand that there will be blockages. There will be stoppages in our lives. And those stoppages may not just be blocks. They may be things that, that affect us in a negative way because somehow we must be brought back into fellowship with the Father. And he wants us to be in fellowship with him. And so then it is much easier for us simply to come to, come to him and repent of those things before things get out of hand. And in this case, Achan and his family were his complete family. And everything that he owned was stoned and burned and there is there was a pile of stones put on his family and the and the word says that that those stones are there today so you know we do make decisions that may not appear to be important and yet what happens there are failures and defeats that must be addressed and they have they must be repented of to keep us moving in the spirit. You know, brothers and sisters, we we have we have so many today that are 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 just glad to live in the status quo and and do and do things in the physical. Um, not waiting on the spirit. You know, I, I spoke with a gentleman yesterday. I'd never met this gentleman before yesterday. And he walked into my office, and he says, um, "I came to meet Steve Fraze because I heard that he w- that that there was a Steve Fraze that was working here now, and I know of a Steve Fraze." But he looks at me and he says, "But you're not the guy." And I said, "Well, I know that there is another there's another fellow with my name with the same name, and I know that he's a few years younger than I am." And I was being careful with what I was saying because I also know a little bit of that gentleman's history because we have the same name. Some of the, some things have, have overflowed from one to the other. And and we spoke for a few minutes, and, and he suddenly says to me, he says, well, do you know Mike Fraze? And I said, yeah, he's my older brother. And this guy looks at me, and he says, you are the guy that I'm supposed to know. He says, I just don't recognize you. And and so the interesting thing was, he oh Curtis, you had to be there. It was just incredible. Anyway, the interesting thing was this guy. We started talking, and it was just like our hearts were knit together. 
we we talked about the spirit here and and the spirit there and how 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 we have to give up ourselves so that the holy spirit can work more through us and this sorry Derek this guy talked to me for over an hour an hour and 10 minutes and he says boy he says i sure hope i didn't take you away from work and I said, well, I said, the, the phone didn't ring and the emails didn't come in too heavy, so I think we're okay. I'll make it up somewhere. But we had such a good talk, and it was just it was just about being in the Spirit and allowing the Spirit to work. And when when we have issues in our lives, there are blockages, and we will not move. There are areas in our life when we just say, I'm not going any further, or I'm going to continue to do this, to do this, even when the Holy Spirit is saying, you know what, you, you need to leave that, you need to let that go, you need to, you need to move on to, to bigger and better things. Um, you know what, and I don't put words into anyone's mouth about what that might be, because the first thing that I think of when I say those things is physical things. It's, it's things that you can see. But you know what? The Holy Spirit doesn't care about those things you can see. He, he cares about what's in, in, in our heart because he wants to be able to. He's in there, but if he cannot, cannot be the liaison that he wants to be to the Father, we are, we are nothing. We're an empty shell, and everything we're doing is just because we're doing it. Curtis, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I, actually, I do got a few thoughts. Back whenever you um, – that's funny you mentioned about the, the remitting of the sins. Um, mm. Now, brothers and sisters, if you guys want to you know, kind of educate me or you guys got some ideas, please bounce them off me. Um, as I was reading you know, about whenever Christ says, you know, um, why are you offended whenever he says the Son of Man has the ability to forgive your forgive sins? He says, what is it easier to say, be healed or pick up your mat and walk, or your sins are forgiven? You know, uh, your sins are forgiven. Now, you guys, please mm-hmm. hear me. I'm I'm not standing in the place of God. I'm really not. But mm. what I'm reading from the Word of God is as blood-bought, born-again, sold-out believers. Now, don't go around saying, I am Christ, I forgive your sins. Um, the one thing that the Catholic priests do have, Brother Steve, um, correct, is I do believe they have the ability – to, uh, you guys don't tar and feather me, but remit the sins of an individual. Um, you know, forgive the sins well, of somebody. Uh, you know, and that's from what I'm reading. So, any thoughts? <laughs> well, and okay, I'm going. I'm going to agree carefully because they, <laughs> uh, when when we are in a position where where we are. Let's use an example, Curtis. Okay, uh, and this will this will come home because I look at at North American natives, North American Indians. Uh, what's the right word, Curtis? First Nations, North yeah. American First Nations people. Okay, and we look at what has happened to them. How how um, and I'm going to use the the term how the white man came in <clears throat> and. And took over their land. See, and people say, natives, just get over it. And and you know what? That's a really great thing to say. But, but how would we white people have felt 
if our families had been in a land for a thousand years and and some other group of people came in and put us into concentration camps and let us starve and gave us blankets that were full of smallpox and disease and they took our children away from us or took us away from our parents and did awful things to us how how when we when we think about all of those things that happen you know Curtis I pray when I pray about things when the lord when the, the spirit touches when the holy spirit touches my heart to pray about those things I pray about about how our First Nations people have been so poorly treated and what has happened to them. And even with something like diabetes, diabetes is so rampant in natives, the, the native people were never made to eat the garbage that we're eating. There, we, we've probably had more resiliency through the hundreds of years of pro- progress than, than the native people because they lived on the land the way they did, right? They ate buffalo and deer and, and, and whatever the vegetables of the land were. And so then I'm going somewhere with all of this because, because when we look at what has happened, although, we, although I can say I was not personally a part of it, I can also see that people like me were a part of it. And so somehow we have we have to we have to gain the forgiveness of the father for the sins of the land for the sins of the pe- people and and so so we do that and we pray on behalf of those who've done the wrong to the people groups the other the other huge one is the abortion how many millions of babies have been killed in in the name of of planned parenthood or 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 human rights and their own decisions you know what keep your pants on like what is it with us if if it if it if it feels good we're going to do it we don't care what it costs you know and then you can get into diseases and all of this stuff and the thing is all of those babies have been killed it doesn't matter how you cut it. And and so somehow we must pray so that the Father finds forgiveness for those things that have happened. And and we stand in the gap for others when we do that. And so um, I say carefully, Catholic priests, they may remit the sins of others. But, uh, but yes, uh, diff- I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> yeah, it's very yeah, Curtis. Okay. When you okay, say yeah, yeah. don't let, burn me at the stake, it's it's a little risky. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, now let me let me put it this way. All right, guys. Let me let me recalculate. What I'm saying about this is the the one thing that they did get right in this opinion is they at least have the concept that yes, you can forgive sin, you can remit sin, you can have it remitted. And I only say this because, you know, in today's society, you have so many um, people that are so scared to step into who they are. See, the difference between Christ and us is Christ knew who he was as not only a Godhead, but also as a sonship. Okay? Mm -hmm. Because he was his only begotten son, yes, as a sense of, you know, from his very spirit, like, you know, but. 
what is interesting with this is he knew exactly who he is. We need to understand that we we need to come into the realization of who we are as sons and daughters in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm saying in all this. If we can get and drive home – Brother Steve, I've been contemplating about this. I've been meditating about some things um, for the last about five days. You know, Whenever you're out here, you have a lot of time to think and commune with the Lord. And that's what I really do appreciate, especially now that we're not tied to technology as much. Um, last few days I've been thinking. I said, okay, Lord, you know, because we're about to start up Sunday services very soon. Um, actually, not this Sunday, but this coming Sunday, um, I think. Yeah, so I don't know. It might be this Sunday. We're going to see. Um, and we're going to be starting up Bible studies. So I've been asking the Lord exactly how do I go about this? Do I start bringing um, – you know, do I do I try to break down things like like you know that you can and, and Haley can, or do I just go from that to just really getting um, how can I put this, um, getting the the useful information for believers out here. What I'm talking about mm. is teach them how to tune their ear to the things of God because I can do that. I can direct somebody that has already accepted the Lord in their life. And is kind of sitting there at salvation, and they need to know the next step. I can get you to that next step, but getting mm-hmm. you—I'm not—I'm not an evangelist. Let's just put it that way, brother Steve. I'm not an evangelist. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so that's where I've been stuck at the last few days, uh, last last week mm-hmm. or so. So yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure that I'm sure he's going to tell you, but Curtis, you know that, he, and here we're talking about Aiken and taking of the accursed thing. And this, this is why it is so critical for, for, for all of us as believers to understand the gravity and the importance of our position with the Father. Because it's not, it, you know, it, it, it's all about how serious we are about our walk and what do we really want. Because you're, you're right, at, at salvation... That is the starting point. And, and what has happened so much in so many places is that people may get to the point where they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and they walk into that relationship and they hit the wall because there's no one that can truly help them to understand what is the next step and what does the Lord have for me? We've had, we, we've had so many people that will, that will just kind of tell you, well, you've got to quit smoking and you've got to quit drinking and you've got to quit using bad language and you've got to cut your hair and you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And that's not the norm everywhere, but it does. There are many, many churches that are that way. And yet that isn't, that is not, that's not where we start. We start the, from the inside. The spirit will, will work in us and, and it would be amazing to watch, to, to see how the Holy Spirit will work through in someone, and I can think of a physical example uh, of someone who's, who's come into this saving knowledge, and they've been given the opportunity, they've had enough teaching, Curtis, like what you're talking about, so that they understand the importance of the Spirit working inside of them. You know, not it's not all about rules and regulations. It's about being free in the Holy Spirit to understand that we are above the law. We are, you know, the the law is there to bring man to a realization of his sin. 
but as as children of the Most High who have been redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are above the law. And it is it has nothing to do with what we have to do for the Father. It has everything to do with what we want to do because we love our Father. And our Father loves us far more than we love Him. And it's like I was praying in the beginning of the program you know, we heard some stuff about some really, really dark things that happen in places. And it just, we were talking about it, and I just said to Paul, I said, you know what, it makes me think about how much better our Father is than all of that darkness that's there. You know, you have two sides of the street always, right? But how good, how good is our Father? I don't think we can even begin to fathom what we're going to see in eternity. And we're living in that victory today. So we just need to smile and live in it. Be in it. Because he wants He wants us to be in it. And he's given us all things. All things to enjoy. What do you Amen, think? brother. You're right. Well, I think a lot about things. Um, <laughs> but that's besides the point. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, brother. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of different things that we can really dive into. And um, matter of fact, brother, this is something that, you know, me and my wife, we've been having on our heart for quite some time. And that's to actually start up a school of the ministry, school of ministry, what that might look like. I don't know. So hopefully in a few years, we'll be able to start that up and break ground. Um, I don't know if it's going to be in the U.S. or Canada or maybe both. I don't know. Um, mm. But we do know we want to okay. kind of get the ball rolling on that. I mean, you've been a part of our uh, the class, the Warrior Workshops, um, and I, I'm not going to speak for you, but you've been a part of that. Um, you, you, we've seen fruit, much fruit come out of your life because of that, and it's not saying because of Curtis or Haley, but there's a lot of things that you understood that there's a lot of believers out there that would be in the same position. They want to know mm-hmm. how to move mm-hmm. in the things of God, but they, they, they're, they're, they don't know which direction to go. Um, you know what I it should is? say in the general direction. Go ahead. You know what it made me think of, Curtis, as you said that? It's like in my mind I saw a unicycle and having never been on one. And and you get your rear end on this thing, but how do you get your feet off the ground and make this thing pedal so you don't fall? And that, I guess that's that just made it just made me think of it because because when, you know when we're we're talking about that kind of stuff, brothers and sisters, we're we're talking about exercising the faith that that is there, exercising the understanding that we are to have the wisdom and the discernment. Because you know there there are nine gifts listed in the Corinthians, but but. We can work in every one of those nine gifts, even if we can, even if we can't say, "Well, I'm not a, a healing. I, I, I'm not gifted with healing." It doesn't matter when the circumstance is right. The Father will give you the ability to be to be the conduit so that He can heal through you. And and it is, it's it's learning, learning to hear that still small voice and move with what. Is that is that him? Is that really him? Like, what is what am I understanding? What am I hearing? Am, it, should I really say this because I'm going out on a limb here and it may make me look really bad? But that is, yeah, Curtis, that's a huge challenge. How many believers are there out there that just are so unsure of 
of what it is that they actually have. And and that's yeah, we we need to be building up our brothers and sisters in our most ho- in their and our most holy faith because when we stretch it out, we get a reload, we get a a bigger load, right? It's all about growing as we grow, as we share, and as we as we spread out. And that's 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 right, brother. I mean, there's so many different things that we can compile this to, you know, uplifting each other in the most holy faith. You know, there, there's exercises that you can do. I should say there are certain things that you can do to basically. I wouldn't say increase. Um, I got to be careful how I say this uh, to kind of reassure. Or I should say strengthen your faith. I wouldn't say increase your faith because some people will say, well, um, it has given every man a measure of faith. You know, eh. I would say that if you have faith, don't matter how big, how small, whatever, there are things that you can do to be able to strengthen your boldness and I should say your boldness and your strength in the God you serve. Now, many of you are saying, but I think my strength is pretty good. I think my resolve in the Lord is pretty strong. I would beg this question to you guys. If it's as strong as you say it is, and I'm not questioning you, I'm not belittling anybody, but if your strength and confidence in the Lord is as strong as you say it is, or if it's at the most peak, if you've hit the ceiling and you're at the pinnacle of your walk with the Lord, then why is it that we are not carrying ourselves as Christ did as Christ is um, mm-hmm. and that might be a hard thing for some to say and I say this and yes now brother Steve some people will say well because he is the only begotten son of God he you know he was all God and all man but we need to understand there's certain things like the disciples you you look through the lives of the disciples and you begin to start seeing a progression of those from him going, say, oh, ye of little faith, how much longer do I need to suffer you? And as you read through Matthew, well, as you read through the New Testament, you begin to see a progression in their boldness. You begin to see a progression in their uh, strength and their resolve. And eventually, you know, before they pass, um, either some got martyred or whatnot, you see that level of maturity. You see that maturing process. Because if you go back into the New Testament... Uh, whenever Christ was younger, he says he grew both in stature and in favor with both God and man. Mm-hmm. There's there's mm-hmm. a big thing there. So anyways, Brother mm-hmm. Steve, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but this, this right here could be a subject for another time, a lesson for another episode. Um, mm-hmm. Because I kind of like this, you know? It's like a progressional thing, so anyways. <laughs> right, right, yep. No, agreed, agreed. Well, thanks for having me on, Curtis. Well, thank you for coming on, Brother Steve. But before we get going, um, give out your contact information, mailing address, and how people can get a hold of you. And, uh, yeah, then we'll have you back on. Don't forget, brothers, uh, sisters, that Brother Steve Fraze will be on here every Tuesday for another edition of Roundtable Tuesdays. But before we get going, Brother, you mind giving out your contact mm. information? Okay, yeah, and we are Roundtable Ministries. And so we have a website. It's Roundtable ministriesinternational.com and you can go on there and check out who we are. Uh, We have contact information there. We have phone numbers there. You can can hit the link and send us an email 
uh, or you can or you can just click on on uh, the actual email address and it'll take you into your own browser or you can call me on my cell at 204-497-0077 and for our american friends if you do not like to pay international phone charges which i know that there are some that are that way uh, we have a U.S. Uh, phone number, which is 605-223-1866. And so we are in Morden, Manitoba, Canada, which is south-central Manitoba, which is in the center of Canada. We're about 10 to 12 miles off of the U.S.-Canada border, but that means we are Canadians. Um, and so if there is anyone out there that listens to this from time to time and is in the general area, by all means, Thursday nights we have a Bible study here, 421 Nelson Street in Morton, and um, you, you would be welcome to come. Let us know. Give us a call. Find out where we are or just just find our address and, and come and join us at 7 o'clock on Thursday evenings. I think that's it, Curtis. All right. Well, listen, brother, uh, thank you for coming on. Listen, you guys, get linked up with them. And also, if you guys are out here in the South Dakota, Nebraska, Wyoming area, wherever, you know, in the kind of this this whole Four Corners region, and you guys want to come to a gathering, and this is what I threw out there last time, Brother Steve, so you can actually hear the announcement. Mm. <laughs> I didn't mute myself. Okay. If you guys are interested, we got a gathering going on June 23rd and 24th out in Custer, South Dakota at Camp Volunteer. You guys can find the information. Go to our website, warriorradiobroadcastnetwork.com. Go to the, uh, I think, news section, and you guys can find out about this gathering. It's a free event to go to, um, and it's an awesome time, and the Lord, you know, with brothers and sisters, you know, get new faces, acquaintances, whoever, and, uh, you know, just kind of gather around the like-minded believers. It's going to be awesome. So that's going to be this coming June, 23rd and 24th. If you guys want to contact us about that, go to our website, go to our contact section, and email us at PinersWarriors at Yahoo.com or PinersWarriorsContact at gmail.com. With that being said, thank you for coming on, Brother Steve. We'll see you guys soon. Mm. Love and appreciate you guys. We'll check you guys out for another edition of Young Disciples. Peace and blessings, and we're out.